Welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. This podcast started with me just kind of interviewing my friends, and now we're at a point where I'm interviewing people who inspire me. Every week you are going to hear how someone else identifies with the feeling of not fitting in and success. So let's just hop into the episode and thank you for all of your continued support. Hey weirdos, I want to share something with you I've been doing for a couple of months now. It is called Forbidden Bingo with my friend, DJ Rockstar Aaron. We are both from Denver. Uh, Great human. Something that they put on virtually out of the kindness of their heart every week. And I'm just going to start by saying it's 18 plus, just so you know. Um, but it's Forbidden Bingo. Forbidden Bingo is so much fun. You can play it in person if you live in Colorado or if it plays other places, or you can play it virtually online every Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Wow, I'm bad at time zones. But you know what? Just go to ForbiddenBingo.com, grab your tickets, and tell DJ Rockstar Aaron and Rich and all the other people that are playing that I sent you. That's ForbiddenBingo.com and unofficially, officially sponsors this podcast. Hey all, long time. Haven't posted any new episodes and I apologize for that, but I am bringing you a new one this week. I have not recorded in 2022 except for this one and it features my friend Maddie. And I met her through TikTok and she's awesome. And I think it's a really great episode. So I'm excited to share it. I'm trying to get back into podcasting again, but it's just been a crazy year with moving, uh, you know, across the world and just some other stuff in my life happening mental health wise. It's just been crazy, but I'm just really grateful to be here. And as my therapist says, sometimes we're just treading water and that's okay. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode and don't forget to like, subscribe, share, tell a friend, shoot it into the ether. Um, thank you guys so much. And if you're interested in being a guest, just shoot me an email, pdkmopodcast at gmail.com. Thanks and enjoy the episode. Hey, how's it going? Hey there, Bianca. How's it going? It's good. Happy Monday at the time of recording this. Of course, to my listeners, hello from out of the blue. Have you wondered where it I've been. It's been a year. Uh, hey, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out, the podcast about imposter syndrome. And the lovely, beautiful voice you're hearing on the other end of the horn today is my lovely friend, Maddie. <laughs> I don't know how lovely my voice is, but we'll, <laughs> we'll go with it. So Maddie and I uh, follow each other on TikTok because I've been disassociating on TikTok and and whatever else in the last year. Um, And I'm really grateful that uh, she showed up on my FYP. So I'm really happy to have you on today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, So obviously, I just kind of mentioned how we met. Um, But let's, uh, if you're ready, let's just hop into the first question. Yeah. Um, so I am Madison Masterson, Madison Bailey Masterson, if you want to get technical. Um, when the judge gave me that name, they messed it up the first time. So fun stuff. Um, let's see what, what else about me. I don't, I've never done one of these before, so I am <laughs> hella nervous right now. Um, I like to cook, um, do TikToks. You can find me at Maddie uh, at the world. Um, yeah, pretty much just, a, a easy going, not, not much stress in the world person. And that's yeah. just me. Yeah. Well, I, that's kind of what I picked up on when I would see your videos and actually it was interesting how it got served to me, but in general, um, I follow just anyone who is of the LGBTQIA plus community, um, especially like I, I don't know. I when I get content creators that have like a ton of followers, I usually don't hit follow because I like people that have smaller content and um, it, it tends to be more impactful to me. And I think like you just had a really good message and a vibe. So I was like, sweet, I'm going to make you be my friend. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I try to follow as many queer people as I can as well. Um, and I'm right there with you. Like, if they have too many followers, all their content just kind of seems superficial and like 
I'm just doing this for the money or the likes. And it's like, I don't, I don't personally want that. I don't even want fame. I'm so nervous to even be on this. (laughs) Um, You know, so I'm just doing it for mostly myself and to like be more comfortable in the world around me. Yeah. That's what I've really appreciated um, about TikTok in general recently, especially as I'm watching people's journeys and their own experiences. I really think it serves as like a really great, um, it's, it's, I think it's better. It's a better social platform in the sense that, and I've had negative things to say about TikTok in the past, but now I, I fully believe in it, the power of it. Um, it seems like it's almost like a search engine that connects you to what you are passionate about or dispassionate about. It just kind of depends on wh- like where your uh, follow feed goes. And to my listeners, if, you, if you're not familiar with TikTok or you don't use TikTok, basically the algorithm will serve you things based on things you've liked and disliked, which can be kind of creepy, but it's not as creepy as Facebook with the ads. Um, it just kind of puts people in your realm that you wouldn't have already, wouldn't have otherwise interacted with. And I have lots of people that I met in the last couple of years using TikTok on and off that I wouldn't have known otherwise. So I'm really grateful for it. And that's why I'm really happy to have you on today. Yeah, I am. Yeah. TikTok's one of those things where it's a double, double double-edged sword. You can use it just like any medium for good or for bad. So there's, there's definitely times where I, you know, I'm on there a little too long and I know my mental health is being affected because of it. But um, I think for the most part, there's a net gain to be had. Yeah, absolutely. So you're in, um, you're in Seattle. I, I just, I, I was wondering if you've been able to like make any friends through TikTok um, yet through it or oh uh, yeah, kind of a long, yeah, I've, I've actually made a few friends out here through TikTok um, and other like social media apps like that. Um, one of them I've actually been, I just had dinner with last night. We cooked dinner together and hung out. So yeah, there's, there's definitely friends to be made, um, on the internet yeah. that are just normal people. So yeah. that's awesome. It's definitely cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yesterday there was a little place near my house. Uh, it's called Wat Thai temple and they do a Sunday, um, like a Thai market and I saw it on TikTok like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And finally Scott and I went, um, and it was actually really good. <laughs> the food was really great. All of the proceeds went towards the temple and, um, monk Lent or something. So I was, I was kind of glad about that. I, I think that's like the cool, the power of it. And I think, um, that's what we're getting at here is that it's, it's a magical place to be because otherwise I wouldn't know you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Isn't that, I mean, that's the craziest thing about the internet. It just, you know, you never know who you're going to meet and it connects you from all over the place. Cause I know you're out even further West than I am. And, uh, <laughs> so yeah, not for long, not for long. Hey listeners, if you've been listening for a while, um, I'm probably moving back to the mainland in less than six months and I'm very excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in talking about imposter syndrome with you kind of on the side, before we even clicked record, I'm going to ask you the first question, which is, do you feel like you have it all figured out? Uh, you know, I have one thing figured out and that's that you'll never figure it out. Um, life is a series of twists and turns and curveballs, and you're never going to fully get it until it's at the very end. Um, God, I'm so terrible with names. There's, there was an, like one, one famous author, I forget his name, but he, and I don't even read books very much. So, um, this tells you how much it impacted me, but like when he got to the end of his life and he was sitting on his deathbed and he had written all these like insanely inspirational books and like just used, used his mind the entire, his entire life. And he was just contemplating, you know, what, what the point is, you know, he sat there and he looked around and he's like, shit, it really was as simple as live, laugh, love. (laughs) And like, as corny and as awful it is, like just enjoy even the bad shit because like you're only going to get one opportunity to have it. So might as well make the most of it. Yeah. That's really insightful and actually super poignant to kind of where I've been at recently thinking and and, and thought process. Um, Kind of when you go through really hard changes, um, 
I was talking to my therapist about it and, and I said, we're looking at a year, a year ago to now. And I said, well, I just feel like I've been treading water. And she was like, well, that's better than nothing. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes just existing is better than, than not. And, and that's what is so beautiful about this question because no one has it figured out and that's the secret of life. Mm -hmm. And if you do, you're probably a very boring person or yeah. (laughs) No, that's maybe not fair. There's probably (laughs) some people that think they have it all figured out, but I'm definitely not one of them. Oh, I'm not one of them either. And and now I'm watching my 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 spouse go through transitioning out of the military and into civilian world. And he has no idea what he's doing. And I'm helping him adjacent where I'm like, well, this has always been what I've known. <laughs> right. Um, and it's awful out here. Sorry. Yeah. It's I, you know, I went to Hawaii once and I really enjoyed it, but it, it there was an overwhelming sense that I didn't belong. Yeah there it's it it's a very interesting and I, i'll choose my words wisely because um i do believe in the aloha spirit and i have felt a lot of aloha out here but i definitely never try and appropriate or take anything from them mm. um and, and because there is a lot of tension with um you know the military being here and with uh tourism and civilians moving there and kind of this nomad life mm-hmm. and it's incredibly expensive to live here in fact oh. um military we get this thing called cola which is cost of living allowance and um they send out a survey every year well apparently last year not everyone responded in hawaii so they're now basically cutting into that allowance and it's lowering it by about five hundred dollars yeah, um, across the board. So it's, it's, well, I don't know how much for some people, but I know for, for me, it's pretty significant with Scott, but um, you know, it's, and it's nuts because it's like, it's, it's already expensive. And the perk of military being out here is like, you're on an Island and, and it's, it's cool, but that, that feeling of not belonging, it's definitely, it's not intended. I think there's just like years of mistreatment. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and you can't blame them. <laughs> yeah, no, when I was out there, it was just like, for, I, I guess just for instance, things like even when you would go to from, I went to, I guess, Honolulu, I forget what island mm-hmm. that's on, but um, Oahu. Oahu. Sorry, yeah, no. <laughs> um, so I went from that side of the island to the other side and like, they were telling us on the, the trip, you know, like how they had to build through like a burial ground. And I'm like, well, that doesn't seem like a good thing. Yeah. And so it just seems like, oh, and then you go to like the, 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 the big pineapple farms and stuff. And it's just like, oh, wow, they really just capitalism came in here and just destroyed this island. It's, it's nuts. I mean, so at the, I've been told at the beginning of the pandemic that it was lovely to be here because no one could be here. That was just like tourism was like shut down um, because the infrastructure, right. We're an Island. So, um, yeah. COVID when COVID raged, it raged really hard. Um, right. also a lot of native Hawaiians don't really believe in, um, modern medicine. And, and I, and I say this and please don't come for me listeners. I say this in the sense that the vaccine was a hard sell for them because a lot of them are more interested in Eastern medicine and healing and, and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. and it's, so it, it was, uh, it was interesting, um, but there was a significant drop in tourism dollars and, and the, like where Hawaii gets majority of their money is tourism and military. And, um, so it did hit them pretty hard, but I was down in Waikiki a couple of weeks ago and you really wouldn't notice that that was ever like that. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's nuts. It's almost like this never happened. <laughs> yeah. Pandemic never happened. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's good and kind of bad in some ways, good and bad. Yeah. I think for, you know, tourism for them, I think that's always going to be important. They need it. Um, But I do ask if, you know, and I don't mean this to you, but I mean, in general, even after I don't live here any longer, I'm always going to hope that people are always respectful of the island. And what that means is don't take the seashells, (laughs) don't touch a turtle, don't litter on the beach. Um, you know, be respectful, be kind, be patient. Cause there's definitely aloha, aloha time out here is a huge thing. And I've just gotten used to nothing ever being on time and things just getting canceled last minute. It's fine. You get used yeah. to it. 
I, uh, my, my friend in Canada calls it pineapple time. Um, but overall, nice. I, I, I do believe it's a very beautiful place and it'll always hold a special place in my heart, but it has been a very hard place for me to live personally. Um, but I'm used to being in a big city. So that's kind of the issue. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I loved it though. It was definitely a beautiful place. Yeah. I, I, I wish, I wish you had been like, I'd known you sooner and be like, come out here, but it's so, <laughs> yeah. like, so expensive. Um, so in speaking about imposter syndrome and it kind of like dovetails into what we were just discussing of kind of feeling like you don't belong. And, and mind you, of course, that's Hawaii. And, and that, that just, it's, it's, it's a vibes, especially in more of the rural areas. Um, but let's talk about imposter syndrome. Um, I'll ask the question. It's a, it's a big question. It's got multiple parts. Um, you can dissect it and answer it in whatever way you want, but, um, I'll just answer it or sorry, ask it. Do you feel like you fit in or suffer from imposter syndrome in what ways and what does imposter syndrome mean to you? Um, yeah, I definitely, um, experience imposter syndrome almost daily. Um, as I, I'm a trans woman, I don't know if I, I definitely did not say that earlier. So I'm a trans woman, identify as she, her pronouns. Um, and as you can tell, my voice is not that of a cis woman, um, which is, I'm totally fine with at this point now. You learn to live with yourself. Um, that being said, I do when I get in situations where I feel like I need to pass better, I do like fim it up. And I know that that's an expression of my imposter syndrome manifesting. Um, because I mean, like right now, I'm just talking to how I normally talk. There's, I'm not trying to do a customer service voice or um, do any of that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm a bird. I also forgot to say, I kind of botched my first question. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> didn't say anything about who I am really. I, I, so I work at a fast food restaurant, um, I'm in food service. And so there's a lot of engagement with random people throughout the day where you don't really know how they're going to react to you as a trans person, or just even as a woman, um, because of how the world is, uh, so yes, I definitely um, do experience imposter syndrome. Um, probably the, the, one of the funniest ones, the funniest imposter syndrome is waiting in line at the bathroom. Um, Cause you know, being, when you're a man, you do not have to wait in line. There's mm -hmm. rarely a, a, a time where you're waiting in line at the bathroom. But when you're standing in line for the women's room and there's, you know, 20 or 30, women around that are like probably all shorter than me because I'm like six foot tall almost and uh you just kind of sit there like god am I is do I do I feel comfortable right now and and the answer is usually no but I just have to remind myself like no this is who I am I am a woman like I'm not I I have the right to be here so just mind my business go use the restroom and then leave and wait your turn so there's, there's definitely stuff. I I've probably could come up with a million different examples, but we'd yeah. be here all day. no, no, I love, I love like all of that. Um, and it's such a, it's, it's a, a newer take. I have interviewed, uh, trans people on my podcast, non-binary, queer, all of it. Um, but you pose something really unique and also, um, you're like me and I'm like my biggest critic right? Like I think yep, we all are. Um, and I don't think I've told you this, but I didn't even assume that you were a trans woman when you popped on my feed. I was just like, Oh girl, she's got a hot take. Like it. <laughs> Boom. And, and I was just like, because I just, to me, it's like, it's not even a question of passability and I'm not trying to negate your experiences because I just want you to understand that yeah. <clears throat> to, to me, to me, you are 100% woman you belong in the woman tribe. I mean, I don't really fit in there either. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much gender fluid, but I pat, like, I look like a woman and I pass as woman, but I use she, they pronouns. Um, but you know, because I just believe that gender is a contrast construct. Yeah. And, the, and, and, and what you're saying there is like, basically, you know, woman, the woman box is almost like a man box in a mm -hmm. way. It's like, it's like the, if you want to be a passing woman in today's world, a lot of cis women don't even pass because of the bullshit beauty standards that men have imposed on women that have given this box yeah. where it's like, oh, Kim Kardashian feels the need to like 
shadow out her like triceps or you know like make it look where she's skinnier in her pictures and it's like you're already beautiful you don't need to get rid of your muscle mass just to appease these men and make it look like you can like attract somebody I don't so in a lot of ways I'm also an imposter from that whole situation like I don't want to be part of this like honestly like a, it's like a fucking play or some sort of show that they're that society is doing where you know like even for you know because I forgot that this is not just audio I, I wore a dress today even though it's like just to look more film and so that's it's like I should I should just be more in tune with what I want to wear and stuff like that but like in a weird way because of imposter syndrome you're like oh you want to do this it's like compulsory or compul I can't speak compulsory I is that the right how do you say that Com I think so but okay. I, I say words weird all the time because I'm originally yeah. from the Midwest <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway it's just like you know you almost like feel like you're obligated to do it but you're not so yeah no I think it's a but I think it's something really interesting um because you and I are both millennials we are the same yeah. age we are both um, how old am I? Oh my God. 33, 33. I'm an 80s baby. 89. Yeah, 89. I, I was like, I was born in, in June. So were you? Yeah. Or May? Yep. June. Yep. Yeah. I, I, Wait, see, I got old? a good memory. Who's older? Uh, I'm June 9th. Okay. You're older by a couple of days. Yes. And you're like 11th, right? 12th? Uh, I'm uh, 16th. Oh, way off. But regardless, <laughs> I, I was like, I just, it's weird when you were born, like, cause you're, a, we were born on the cusp of like 80s to 90s but then not to bring it back to tiktok but i find it so bizarre and i don't know if it's just you when kids call themselves 90s children and i'm like but you were born in 96 like i mean i guess you were four yeah like yeah. nine like they're saying they're 90s babies but, but they didn't even go right. to a movie in the 90s yeah they didn't I, went to a movie yeah. theater <laughs> I, I don't i mean i i definitely had like my sister's four years older than me so i definitely had toys and games and things that were of the eighties. Cause she was, um, a lot of more hand-me-downs from neighbors and stuff. And she was of course, four years older than me, but I mean, my, my true panicle memories are from like the, the, you know, all of the nineties, like the Nickelodeon oh, yeah. and all of that stuff. And, and Beanie Wild babies, and kids, yeah. all that. Yeah. We didn't have cable growing up. And so I would like get to watch Nickelodeon if I was like at a friend's house or whatever. And I was, I always wanted to go to the studio but I, yeah. I didn't have cable. So I don't know what, what that ploy was. <laughs> so I wanted to get slimed. <laughs> right, yeah. I know the slimes. Gosh. I was, I was always like, what is that stuff? Someone said it's vanilla pudding with like green food coloring in it. Yeah. Let me, it's I'm gross. Gonna... Whatever it is. <laughs> I think, I think it's something like that, but yeah. Ugh. But <laughs> it's just funny. Um, especially, and like, I can kind of um, think of another way that I feel imposter syndrome, like being on TikTok. Like I feel oh, old. For sure. Yeah. No, there's a lot of like, whenever you hear kids being like, oh, you were born in the 1900s. It's like, oh, thank oh, goodness. Oh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> it's like, there are 21 year olds that, you know, are didn't even weren't even born in 9-11 so it's like oh god yeah yeah I I know and it's it's so interesting um a, a lot of um because at the time of recording this this is just uh September Monday September 19th um I saw some interesting kind of uh, uh and I have had a a 9-11 survivor um first responder on my podcast before oh, wow. but I had a lot of interesting videos that popped up in my feed about 9-11 and, and, and whatnot. And, um, of course a lot of them were younger than me, but that doesn't matter. I mean, if you were alive, you knew about it, or even if you right. lived after it, you heard about it. Right. Oh yeah. It changed the world. Yeah. So, so it's just like interesting kind of how, how the world like digests content and stuff. Cause in high school I had my space and people were mean then. And, and, oh, yeah. and then I just, ah. But I, I think that's really funny how kids nowadays use uh, the whole, cause like I'm a millennial, you're millennial. And we do talk about 9-11 because it right. literally was so fundamental in how everything changed. They don't, kids nowadays don't even understand that you could go in an airport without security, yep. <laughs> walk up to the gate and, and like 
send your your person off or like basically get on the plane with them and then leave right I remember that yeah no it was crazy open and free you felt way safer than you do nowadays like when you're going through those TSA lines and they're patting you down and they're you know wanding you and shit it feels less safe than when we were all just like kumbaya walking around through the airport like what it doesn't really matter yeah the last few times I've flown have been the most intense I I mean probably because three of those times recently so I flew to Portland and then Canada that was most recent and then I flew across the United States from San Diego to Newport for six weeks to be with my 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 husband while he was in training because we just moved our house and then I flew back and I had to hit all these airports and like, you know, things were closed and TSA was ridiculous. And I'd never flown with a dog before. And I was by myself and a mask. Like, yeah. So that of course, and I have no problem wearing a mask. Don't come for me listeners. But that <laughs> of course was very stressful. My anxiety was like through the roof and like, you're making a huge life change moving, but they, I'd never gone through security with a dog before. And they thought my dog was a bomb. What? Like almost. Yeah. I got pulled aside and they like had to like check my hands for like bomb residue. And I'm like, well, you might as well just throw him through the x-ray machine. If that's what you think. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was. And it, and of course I'd never flown with a dog and and no one could tell me what's, what was going on or what was happening. (laughs) It's just like, so of course I'm panicking more and can't breathe because I'm wearing a fabric mask. I I had like 20 masks in my carry on bag and I went through them like one an hour. The last time I flew, there was nobody wearing masks. It was crazy. I was like, even honestly, like after the pandemic's over, like I still think masks in a tube that's airtight. Thank you. Yes. is probably a good idea. Like absolutely. there's a reason why before, you know, the, the, the COVID happened, it was like, Hey, take that airborne thing. So you don't get sick on a plane. It's like, well, you could just wear a, a mask and then be a little bit safer. I don't know. It just seems people are pissed that they had to do something. Did did you get sick at all during COVID? Like I got COVID, um, this year after two years of not getting COVID after both are, yeah, no, I had what three vaccines. I had the, the Moderna and then they switched or I don't know what I forget which one I have. It's on my card somewhere. Anyway, they, uh, yeah, I got it after I got all my shots. Because I don't, I, you know how everyone's like, well, maybe I had it in the beginning and I don't know. Like I, I probably had it like at the beginning because I got really, really sick like in February of 2020. Oh, and yeah. I remember it came on like a fever dream and I like couldn't move and it wasn't really a cough necessarily, but I just felt like I was a hundred pounds, like everything yeah. hurt. I had a fever for days and then I was fine, but I still felt cream- weak. The craziest like thing weird. about this whole virus is that the, everybody has such different symptoms and it mm-hmm. different, it like lasts longer for some people than others. And so it's just a really strange thing. Like when I got it, it was so mild. It felt like I had an allergy and I was just like, I don't really feel bad, but like, I'm going to test anyway. And like I had it and I was like, oh, okay, shit. Yeah. Well, this is what it feels like. This is nothing. Maybe I've had it before. Cause like it really was so mild that it's like, well, shit, I probably could have had this already. Yeah. Yeah. I do agree with you about wearing masks on an airplane because my, my husband went to DC and he said he was going to wear a mask on the airplane, not to out him, but I didn't, (laughs) I don't care if he does or doesn't. I just, for me, when I travel, I will get sick no matter what, like it happens because I'm on a tube of recycled air. And also I've, I've kind of noticed people have been less sanitary than we have been like, you know, there's not really hand sanitizer everywhere anymore. And the signage is still there for things, but like people aren't distancing, you know? So I was listening to a podcast the other day where a couple of women were talking about how they're done washing their hands. No, And I just like (laughs) held my head and just shock. Just like, What? Like they're like, well, I don't, I don't know why you have to go into a restroom and wash your hands after you don't, you did, I didn't touch anything. It's like, well, you touched the door, you touched, the you know, the, paper yourself. You touched, That's any, not sanitary. All literally anything you're touching in there has fecal matter on it. Right. Like that's just how bathrooms work. That's why we keep them in 
a fucking another room. You don't have them in your kitchen for that exact reason. Right? I mean, it blows my mind, like, when people just, like, think, like, oh, hand washing is only for the employees. No, it's for you, too. <laughs> yeah. No, like, oh, God. Well, so I'm, I'm, okay. I'm kind of like a germaphobe already to begin with in some degrees, but, like, you know when you smell shit, when you take a shit, <laughs> that's literal parts of that shit coming off into the air at, like, so like Mythbusters did a test where it's like you, you, the tooth, the toothbrush that you keep on your thing locked in its own little compartment still has shit matter on it. So like, I don't understand why you wouldn't wash your hands after you use the restroom. It just makes like, it's, it doesn't take that long and it just, you could save yourself a little bit of trouble. I don't know. <laughs> I love that we made it to hear our tangents yeah. are great. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, let me Wash get back your freaking hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's Seriously. move into this next question um, about success. So what does success look like to you? And do you feel successful? Um, so success to me, it, it fluctuates. I mean, you know, there's, there's the times where I'm like, so broke that I'm like, God, I really wish I was successful. And then I think about it and I'm like, oh, but that means like I've exploited something or like abused the system to some degree. And there's other people that have less because I have more. So I alter my successful thing to just being surrounded by people that I love and like having a big group of friends or loved ones that you can call on and enjoy life with um that seems to be more of a success than monetary uh just because like you, i mean you don't know like the, the stock market could crash any day and you could be left penniless even though you had all the money in the world like there's no there's no value in having a lot of stuff and no one to share it with yeah yeah i love i love that answer and i I think this last year, um, I've kind of realized what you just said more than anything, um, that, you know, it's, it's not always linear. Like, um, of course, you know, money can always help a situation, but if you don't oh. have the right people in your, in your ball court, then mm -hmm. it's not, it's definitely not worth it. So it's a beautiful answer. And, um, you know, I'm glad that you are kind of working on making your own tribe, um, in Seattle and, and kind of have people in, in your court that care about you and you care about them. Um, yeah. I mean, I wish it was more, I, I go into the second part of that question. I don't quite feel like I have as many as I would like. Um, and that, and, you know, I think a lot of that comes with just like age. I used to have a lot more friends uh, when I was younger than I do now and they were able to do more stuff and I feel like everybody's getting married and having kids or like moving around so you know like the friend group keeps getting like less and less close but you know they're still they're still there it's just it would be nice to have more um, people in the city or like or like in my surroundings that I could go and hang out with or whatever but it's still good to have things like you know discord and phones and TikTok so you can keep in touch with people. But uh, yeah, I definitely feel like I wish I had more of what I was talking about. Yeah. No, I, I understand that feeling. Absolutely. And um, especially uh, just kind of with the year that I've had and, and moving to a place where arguably it's incredibly expensive to come here um, and visit um, and also, it's 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 also difficult to to make friends out here too. I've made some and some really you know some really great people that you know we care about. And there's some people that I've known for a long time that happen to be stationed out here. And oh, cool. Um, that that I've known forever. Um, but again, you know, like my my spouse and I don't have children, and um, we we have a lot more free time than the average people. And and most people we know out here are child-free. So that's not the, the, the problem necessarily, but it, that is that longing feeling of kind of like, like I'm okay doing things with just Scott or I'm okay doing things by myself and I'm okay sitting in my house. But sometimes it's like, I don't want to, <laughs> I just want to, yeah. I wish I had, you know, a group 
a group of friends or people that I had plans to do things with. And arguably in the last year, equally, I have been awful with my phone because I have been really bad with my own personal boundaries. When my husband was deployed right before we moved, um, I was part of this family readiness group where I was on my phone, always helping people, walking them, like holding their hand through their, their emotions. And, you know, it was a very difficult deployment for people. And cause it started in the pandemic and it ended in the pandemic and there were so many rules and it was just, it was basically, they were gone from September until May. And that's not normal. Cause they had to be in a hotel for three weeks before doing an exercise to then qualify and then deploy or whatever, who knows, Navy. Yay. Um, but when I moved out here and especially when my, when Scott came back and we were trying to reintegrate, it was very difficult. He had a lot of, of stuff that he was dealing with. I was dealing with this huge amount of change and having ADHD change is not something that works. Um, it is not something that is, is necessarily, um, it, it, you can handle it, but, but change takes a while to adjust to. I hate change. Yeah. And I, I had a way more difficult time than I ever did with it. And I tried to go the pharmaceutical route thinking, well, maybe it's my ADHD medication that's off, or maybe, maybe it's the fact, maybe I'm depressed and I need to be on a, uh, you know, an SSRI. Um, and that didn't help. <laughs> it didn't make it better. It, if mm -hmm. anything, it made it worse, which is why yeah. I've kind of reclused into myself, but at the same, I mean, I'm great. I'm fine now, but it did take a, it took a long time to just be okay. And it's okay to not be fine. Yeah. I'm I know that I have tried several SSRIs and none of them have ever worked. And one of them actually made me feel like an actual different person. Yeah. So yeah, they can be a little bit scary and dangerous. So I, you know, that's what's like, I have my, my bad days where I'm like, don't want to yeah. get out of bed. But I think about how it's like, you know, who the people before us that, didn't have any option for medication, like how the fuck they get through it. It's like, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I, I also, I, I had to learn a lot of um, giving myself grace in the last year too. Cause I think, I think I got it. I, I don't know. I think I tend to in general get in my own way. So like if you were to mm -hmm. ask me the success question and flip it on its head, do what does success look like to me? Well, you know, right now, what's really important is I have my dog and I have my husband and we have, we have our home in San Diego, which eventually, hopefully we go back to and, and that feels good. Um, but we are trying to figure it out, take it one day at a time. And there are days where it feels less successful than others. Um, especially with me trying to get back into the workforce. It's like, yeah, just, it, it really just that can be very kills stressful. your soul a little, <laughs> but no, seriously. I, I, that's one of my least favorite things is looking for jobs. It's the, you talk about imposter syndrome, just like you just read the list of qualifications. And even if you have those, you just like, I'm not good enough. I'm not, there's, there's no way they're going to even call me back. So I just, I'm like, nah, better not, better not even apply. I'll just go ahead and kick myself out of the running. You know, what's interesting is that women more often than not, we tend to look at a list of qualifications and we have probably 60 plus percent of those qualifications and we're like, Nope, well, nope. I'm not applying. And men yeah. on the other hand, see like that, sure. especially, especially very cis men. They see that and they go, I have 2% of these qualifications. Not only am I going to apply for it, I'm going to ask for so much money. Yeah. And, and they, they get, get the job. Yeah. And it, it's just, it, it's just blows my mind that still today in 2022, that's still a thing. Like it just, but also the only way to change it is to speak about it and to get out of my own way. So I applied to like 10 Amazon jobs last week. Oh, nice. I mean, verdicts out on if I hear back, but I challenged myself to do it and I did. So, so. well, Amazon is quickly becoming one of those companies where they're firing too fast and they'll, they'll run out of workers. So they need new bodies. So you'll probably get a call back. Yeah. Yeah. And my friend, my friend works for them that lives out here. So we'll see. Okay. But um, yeah. 
So I think we've kind of touched on the topic, um, unless you have anything else that you want to add, or we can move into the next part portion of our chat. Yeah, I, think, I think that's pretty much it, you know, just having loved ones. I love that. Yeah. And I, and I consider you one of my circle, so it's nice yeah, to have you in it. <laughs> okay. So I love this part. This, the rest of these questions always make me so happy because I think that like it really just gets into the brain and the soul of the person that I interview. So what is one or a few things you are fanatical about and why? Um, so weirdly enough, I'm actually, I wouldn't say I'm fanatical about anything. Um, I have a lot of like I pick up a lot of hobbies and I'm like, oh, I love this. This is great. And then I won't do it again for years. Um, I guess the one thing that I've stuck with doing is just like videography and film. Uh, I still take pictures here and there. I love like I used to be really into it in college, but um, somewhere along the way with depression and transition and just having to make ends meet kind of just like crushes all the the will to to create art and because you're just so tired after you get home from work um but yeah fanatical about I guess strawberries I really really like strawberries like the pattern or the fruit or just both like if it's (laughs) the color the the pattern the, the the flavor like, yeah, I, I love strawberries. I guess that that would be my one fanatical thing that I can think of right now without like, I don't, I would just need so much time to really, I, I don't do a lot of uh, like dwelling on stuff if it's not like existential dread. <laughs> so, no, so strawberries yeah. and existential dread are my two, <laughs> are my two things. So. Um. I love what you said about um, videography, film and stuff. My, my husband actually is super into photography. Um, you know, like when he was uh, enlisted, he got really into it. He used to take like, wedding photos and stuff for people. And um, I don't know if it's a catalyst of meeting me or just the pressure of his job getting more intense after he picked up officer. And I, I mean, I'm a negative Nancy, so I blame myself, but it's not oh, my yeah. fault. Um, he, he's had a harder time picking up the camera uh, in recent uh, recent years. And I, and I do think it's like, especially right now, because he's, he's the breadwinner and it's on his shoulders and it's mm. stressful for him and I can't blame him, but I know it brings him joy. But at the same time, it's, it's difficult when there's something that you love, but it just takes more effort, brain power and effort to do it. You, you know, it would bring you joy, but, but it's almost like you get in your own head and you're like, I'll just get frustrated. Like, yeah. I'll just no, get frustrated that it's not what I, the way I want it. And especially after, you know, working eight hours a day, what, what are you yeah. supposed to, you just devoted eight hours of your mental energy to something. And now you're supposed to go do another with your precious four hours of freedom. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like you get eight hours to work, you get eight hours of sleep, and then you get those four or another five hours where you're you're not actually doing shit where you were like you know you're like getting ready for bed or you're cooking dinner or you're going out for a walk or whatever the the four hours where you get to enjoy your day yeah it's like do do I really want to spend that doing more mental energy just for me to be like I don't like this I'm going to delete all my work that I just did absolutely I would argue though that that almost TikTok kind of helps with that creativity outlet though at least for me because I I wish I mean I barely I will say well I've been disassociating playing uh Dreamlight Disney's Dreamlight Valley so I've barely been on TikTok (laughs) or um or anything else but also I I kind of go through um hyperfixation periods where I'm really into something and then I stop so um for sure that's that's me in a nutshell and that's too. and that's that's tiktok for me right now because <laughs> i feel it and also yeah. like the out uh, to go back to tiktok but the algorithm your content is streamlined it has a consistent theme mine does, it, does not <laughs> does it though i d- like i really i don't i i really am i can't be objective with myself is it streamlined no no, like? no. i i would say because it's it's always either you're reacting to someone 
or you are just doing your own thing, like out and about in Seattle, or you're showing a meal you're eating, like it's very consistent themes. Okay. Um, and so I, I know, and I love that. It, yeah, so I guess so I never really TikTok favors it. you. Um, <laughs> me, I, I know that I'm not necessarily going to make the algorithm go anywhere. So I just use my dog, but because I switch between myself and then sometimes Hawaii content and sometimes like Disney and stuff, the algorithm's like, we don't know what to do with you. <laughs> like you just, you're not oh, picking yeah. a lane. So we're not going to show your shit to anyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. the, Cause the Disney adult TikTok is its own, it's its own thing. Oh, and people are mean on Disney adult TikTok. Yeah. yeah oh, I was I, on there for yeah. a second, but there's a lot it. of I'm, like, I've, I've been stuck on trans TikTok for literally the entirety. <laughs> I'm okay with trans TikTok, like trans TikTok. Everyone's so nice. It, it, it can. Well, here's the thing. It's for me fun. at least. Right. Yeah, because I'm not. But yeah, it's a good it's a good space. There's a lot of there's a lot of cool people, but there's. And and this just goes with and it sucks to say, but like there's a lot of complaining. I and would agree. Like, yeah. And it's yeah. like I do, it's like I complain. I complain all the time. So I understand that, you know, with the social structures, the way they are, it makes it harder for trans people that there's just no question. It's just how it is. I, and I understand bringing light to that. I get that, but there is just, it comes a point where it's like, you're just complaining and you're not really doing much about it. And I wish there was more like, instead of, Hey, you know, there's I, actually, there's, there's a, there's a lot of good creators that do do things about it, that bring awareness to, to social issues in other States where, you know, you might not hear about local issues going on, but other than bringing light to it, you know, they're not, they're not doing much more than that. And that's, I guess, where I kind of just like, if we're complaining, let's complain and do something, not mm-hmm. just complain. I, I also believe that there is, um, there are a lot of very, very large, prominent, identifying trans content creators that are really missing an opportunity to take their fame and do something with it that betters their entire community versus picking and choosing when they feel is appropriate for them. Oh, absolutely. No, there's a lot of fame whoring going on in TikTok. And that just goes with the whole, the whole thing. Like even, even, you know, the, the, the one girl that has been doing all the uh, like water um, stuff with land, uh, water conservation and the Sierra Nevadas are like, mm-hmm. um, like Lake Mead and stuff like that. The late, I think she's just like called Lake Mead girl or something. I don't know, but she, 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 even her, she got on a, on a famous like syndication and then now she's doing sponsored, sponsored content. So it's like, you, you get to this point in this app where it's like, you either stay true to yourself and you don't get monetized or you monetize yourself and you slowly decay into whatever the corporations want you to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of uh, segues into unpopular opinions. Like um, I always use the example that I think cantaloupe is trash. Um, but, uh, you know, it, this almost segues into this popular opinion where it's almost like there's just a lot of performative and non-performativeness in the queer space. Um, and there's a lot of noise, right? Oh, yeah. And, and, I, and I always want to be helpful versus harmful. So I guess like in a lot of ways, I try to, I try to keep, like, I I try to be as tactful with how I I speak about it as, as I can. And I try to stay out of things, but you know, if, if it's, if it's not you and me being snarky in our messages to each other on a daily basis, like it keeps us sane. I love it. (laughs) But, but I, I definitely, I think like my unpopular opinion currently is why do only children follow me on TikTok? Just children. I'm 33. I get that. I like Disney. I get that. I have a cute dog, but it's, I, Chris, Chris Hansen's going to ask me to take a seat. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Wait, didn't Chris Hansen get busted for that himself or something? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I could speak on that. Let me, I don't know. I thought if I Google that, I might have a weird search history. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Um, But yeah. Do you have any like uh, very like linear definitive, like line in the sand on popular opinions? Um, I 
I don't know if I have another one. Oh, I, I can't stand. Um, Liberals are worse than conservatives. <laughs> I can agree. And the reason I say this is because when, when you're a liberal, and I, there's plenty of them out here in Seattle, they live in their giant mansions and they act like, you know, they have their Black Lives Matter flags out front, but they don't have sidewalks for you to access their communities. They want you out of there. They make it so uninviting for you, but they act like they care about you, but they don't. And so at least when you talk to a conservative and they call you a tranny or, you know, use a, a, a like any other slur, you, you know who they are. You, 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 you know that they're not saying that behind your back because they're saying it to your face. Liberals around here will literally talk so much shit about every single minority community and act like they're your biggest ally and do nothing for you, actively fight against you to try to make it harder for you to exist in this city or in a, in a liberal space because you don't have the money and you don't look the way they look. They want you gone. And so liberals are the worst thing for the world right now. Yeah, Republicans are terrible too. I'm not saying that they're great. I'm just saying that a subversive evil is worse than an overt one. Like, at least I know who my enemy is when I can fight a Nazi, you know? <laughs> I don't know who my enemy is if they're fighting on my team and they're not actually with me. Yeah. It goes back to the same thing, though. It's like, it's it's you can have the signs up and the flags up and the equality and all of that. But like, if you're not actually doing something and I don't mean to, I don't want to polarize this for my listeners, but I think I've, I've said stuff along the same lines um, that if, you, if you're not doing it with hundred percent your heart, then don't bother at all. Like don't go for the clout score. Yeah. Cause it hurts yeah. people. Yeah, no, it does. It like, it really does. Then there's a lot of clout hunger right now for people just like oh I have a trans friend or I have a black friend it's like but what what have you done to like help those communities have you have you gone out and like volunteered at a at a boys and girls club or have you gone and like even done a bread line or some shit like there's people don't care they don't care about anybody but themselves and I'm 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 not going to lie. I haven't done a bread line. I haven't done that shit. I know I'm a hypocrite. I know I'm preaching something that I don't practice, but that's the one thing that makes me a little bit different than most people that it's like, I know I'm a piece of shit. They don't, they don't or like, don't understand. But, but yeah. Like I get it. I understand. Well, it's kind of like when we had such a huge push in 2020 and in black lives still absolutely fucking matter. And if you are interested, I do have to my listeners, I do have a, a episode from in June, 2020. It's a, it's a bonus episode. Take a listen, educate yourself. Anyway, uh, there is something to be said where it's like, I don't need my, like, like, I guess like for me thinking about it, I agree with you where it's like, my trans friends, because you're one of them, we're, your guys are tired. You don't need to be educating people. <laughs> I, you know, the thing is, I would rather educate somebody. Like, for instance, the other day, my, one of my coworkers used the T-slur. And I was like, oh, dude, you can't. I like laughed out. I was like, you can't say that. Please don't let anyone else ever hear you say that. Because like, I'm pretty chill about like, I, I understand that it's weird for cis people. They've never had to like, really think about their gender or gender expressions or how like language can affect somebody's mentality. And so it's, it's, I don't mind when people ask me really invasive questions. I'm in the minority. I know a lot of trans women would prefer to, to just like be stealth and not have to worry about, Hey, uh, have you had the surgery yet? Or, Hey, are you, uh, you know, what, just like whatever offensive thing you can think of, it's, it does get tiring, but at the same time, like, am I gonna, if, if, if I'm not going to answer that question and they take it as, oh, well, all trans people are fucking assholes. I'm not going to talk to trans people. I don't want to engage with these people. Like they could take it as a group kind of thing. So I'm like, I'll take, I'll take one for the team and I'll try to educate an idiot yeah. to make it a little more understanding for them. 
and a little bit safer for the next trans person they engage with. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. You know what I was just thinking when you were saying that is only, okay, so so think about it. Trans, tra- the trans community, right? Yep. And women. Only in these communities are we ever questioned about our privates. Oh, yeah. Right? No. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm asked if I want to have children. That is the number one topic. So that's essentially asking about my parts, right? And, oh, yeah. and, it, and, it, and I find it so invasive. And, 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 and so I would equally find it so upsetting if the first thing someone asked me was not about like, just well, one, like, you know, wanting to know like what that end game looks like for me. Cause that's a very intimate conversation and it's very personal to all of my trans friends. They, they, they feel very, you know, they, they, that's their own choice. And it's really, there's a lot of dysphoria attached to it. For um, sure. So I never ask because I don't care. Like I figure if my, if my friend wants to tell me about it, great. If they want me to support them on their journey, awesome. But I'm not going to sit there and, and question what's in their pants. Like that's just me. (laughs) It literally doesn't matter unless you're going to engage in some sort of sexual activity with them. And even then, like when people say, oh, it's my sexual preference, what they're really saying is I'm bigoted towards, it's a sexual bias. It's not a sexual preference. I hate when people say it's a sexual preference. It's like, no, you don't like penises. Just say that. Just say I have a (laughs) sexual bias towards penises. That's what you have. And that's okay. Like you can not like a penis. I'm not telling you to, to like penis. You know, I'm just saying that when you, when you go up to a trans person and just immediately ask, you know, I'm only going to be validating your womanhood if you have a vagina, like that's the issue. Ugh, that's so like violate, like, do you say that? And it just makes me cringe. And I know that that's like your reality. And I just, why, why, why do men even <laughs> yeah why, why do men why do why, men that's it. <laughs> why do men yeah but uh god i was gonna say something i forgot though oh well oh it's all good i think i think that's a, a you know that's definitely uh a great conversation we just had um now this next uh question makes me happy what's currently making you happy in the world um the weather, weather's getting nice. Actually, that's not true. Uh, we we just had another, so yesterday was really nice. Like it was really windy, like 60 degrees, like cloudy, my perfect fall dream. And then uh, today I woke up, went outside and it's like, it's still like 60, 65, but there's just so much smoke from the wildfires that we're having mm-hmm. in the area. So um Let's see. Other than the weather, let's see. Just like cooking. I don't know. I've been doing a lot of cooking. Made eggplant parmesan last night for my friend because uh, she's a vegetarian and I had never done it before and it was pretty good. Um, yeah. I, oh God, I don't know a lot. I mean, the, I find happiness in the, in the weirdest spots in life. Like just just the smallest shit makes me happy just not even not even big stuff like i'm not looking to you know win the jackpot or the lottery or something like that i i just like if my friend texts me like my friend literally just that's what the noise that like annoying noise was i forgot to turn off my phone uh my friend just texted me he's like you want to play some games later and it's like yeah i definitely want to play some video games later like that shit makes me really happy yeah, no, I love that. Um, speaking of cooking, I will be sending you stuff. I just have not acquired oh, it yet. Good. I keep forgetting when I'm like at you know the store, but I will. I will because there's just really good seasonings out here. So that's why I want to send them. Um, but yeah, I love that. Okay. And my final question before we wrap it up is what Muppet are you and why? I never watched the Muppets. Um, you and my friend Mike would be best friends. <laughs> I, I don't know why I didn't watch them. Is, is, I guess, okay, so wait, is the Muppets like Sesame Street? So for all intents and purposes, because this question has been confusing for people because some people didn't grow up watching the Muppets and some people just grew up with Sesame Street, we're going to say, yes, they're all of Muppet variety because it's Jim Henson. So any Jim Henson cre- creature. Oh, shit. Any Jim Henson? Well, yeah, we'll, I'll, I'll open it. I open the floor. Well, then if we're going Jim Henson, then like, uh, the, what's the the space show that he he had um i 
there was a there was like that weird dark crystal no no that was the that was the um, the one that they just on netflix but they had the old the old one that was like a remake you're talking about that one no yeah. um i f- i forget the name of it it's like a it's like a guy goes out and farscape that's what it was oh god what was what was it what was the guy's name it was like a really big weird looking alien Oh god! It was like the part. He was like part of the ship. I oh god. oh I know. I just googled it. I clicked images, and yeah. it looks like a mushroom with eyeballs. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> it was like part of the ship. It had like a lot of legs and stuff, but it was like connected to the ship. Yeah, that one was a pretty fun. I actually just enjoyed Farscape as a whole series. I thought it was really funny. So what about this, uh, this alien in particular? You know, just like how important they were, like they literally, anytime you wanted to go anywhere in the universe that they were in, they had to be like, okay. So you had to make sure that the ship, the ship was like part of the crew, I think is what it was trying to imply. Like sort of like that is the ship the ship is your home. The ship is something that keeps you safe and connect like away from the harms around you. I don't know. It was something, it's just cool where it was like a sentient ship, kind of like Rick and Morty, you know, like yeah. the, 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 the Rick and Morty ship. That's like probably one of my favorite characters. <laughs> it's just cause it's like, I don't, something about an inanimate object being like amp permorphosized i can't say that word uh i think that's like a cool idea but if we're talking like original og kind of like sesame street or Mm -hmm. the muppets i guess uh just like was it grover the the trash the trash muppet oh uh oscar Oscar, Oscar yeah yeah Yeah. the the trash can guy he was pretty cool I mean, same. I'm. I identify as trash too. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, I think like this. I like this question because it's it's really a thinker. Um, and the I mentioned my friend Mike uh, Valdez, who's been on the. I've been on his podcast. He's been on mine. Uh, he's a comedian and actor and singer. And he he uh, wasn't allowed to watch the Muppets growing up. Okay. His, but he thought it was like for some, cause he grew up very religious and he thought it was for a religious Speaking reason. And really his mom was just like, I think they're ugly and stupid. And that's why I didn't want to watch them. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, his answer right. was Elmo, but yeah, Elmo. Okay. I, I, I can identify with Oscar. Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm like Kermit and Miss Piggy. I mean, I can do a pretty good Kermit the frog, but I, I, I'm not really much of a Kermit the frog here. Wow. I'm sorry. Is a celebrity on my podcast? <laughs> That's so great. Oh, I love it. Um, uh, I have a question for you. Yeah. I know that that's not on the list of that's questions okay. here. If you were a shoe, what type of shoe would you be and why? Okay. Ah, oh, this is a really good question. I got asked this in an interview one time when I was applying to a job and I was like, that's a really cool question. I, I like that. I think I would be a sturdy boot that doesn't give blisters, right? So it's a reliable boot. It's fashionable. It goes with a lot of things. Um, and I think I'd be like a neutral, like I've got a pair of these black boots that they're a little like, I'll have to send you a photo of them to like describe what I'm talking about, but, but, but they have a zip on them. They're amazing. They've got a really wide heel. They're not too high and they go with everything. And so a functional, functional, yeah. Functional stylish boot, I think because, and it's closed toed, right? So you're good. You're good. there. Yeah. You can do a lot of stuff with it. Yeah, absolutely. I said, when I answered the question, I said that I was a stiletto and this was before I was out even. So (laughs) I I said, I'm a stiletto because I'm loud and, and, uh, tall and vibrant and a little bit uncomfortable. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) I think I would be like, I mean, I love that I chose a reliable boot, but like, yeah, I've always been the person that people come to for, for stuff. And in the last year I've been a lot, lot, I would say 
more closed off with giving mm-hmm. advice and helping as I, as I used to be, but that doesn't mean that I don't care. I love immensely. And I'm, I like to think of myself as loyal and reliable. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I know that since we've met just like what was like a couple months of knowing each other, it's like you, yeah. you've been a great friend. I know that we talk and text every time. And it's actually really good that like you're three hours behind. Cause sometimes I'm texting you like 12 o'clock, one o'clock my time. And it's like, Oh, it's still, it's still early over there. I'm not, yeah. Uh, I appreciate, no, I like eventually probably be in the same time zone as you. And then we both are like, we need to be in what we need to be in bed. But it's funny. Cause my, my husband will be like, who are you texting? Oh, it's Maddie. Okay. Tell her hi. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I so appreciate we're winding down here. I so appreciate you um, getting out of your comfort zone challenging yourself to do something that made you absolutely nervous you did amazing thank you Bianca Um, yeah I've had an absolute blast this has been fantastic yeah absolutely um so to my listeners of course if you like what you hear um if this is of course please don't kick me out the pod the only inclusive podcast about imposter syndrome my guest today was Maddie. You can find Maddie on TikTok at Maddie at the world. Um, is there anywhere else they can find you or, or how, if they're um, interested? Inst- Instagram on Seattle. That's E in Seattle. Not kind of like the French would say it, you know, like oh. in Seattle, but yeah. in Seattle was taken already. So it's an E instead of an I. Awesome. Well, of course, I'll put all those links in the uh, in the description and um, I'll tag on social media like I always do. But awesome. again, thank you so much for your time, Maddie. It was thank wonderful. So yeah, I had a blast. Thank you so much, Bianca. Thank you. Take care. You, you too. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.